Welcome to the JRR Talk Show. I am one of your hosts, Robert Burry. Before we get started, I want to let you know that we are currently up on soundcloud.com slash jrrtalkshow, as well as on facebook.com slash jrrtalkshow. And without further ado, let's get into it. Crocodile Man, a witch woman, a guy yeah. that can send himself on fire. Right. Are you blind? <laughs> And she's like, I have nothing. <laughs> oh, people are in line for a popcorn. Hey, third person in line. What kind of popcorn do you want? Yeah. I'm going to quit. I'm All right. Please tell right. my resignation. Bro, and you're a better toilet <laughs> fixer than we <laughs> <laughs> big one big one we're just in the spider den right now <laughs> in a minute here they're gonna wrap us up and talk about eating the dwarves in any minute it's got a big spot to like escape from and there it goes yep there it goes <laughs> back up into the ceiling dear god that's not that bad it's just it's one of those things where like i've had before like spiders in my bathroom or something and i'll leave them there because i know they just sit there and i know where they are but when i don't know where they are that's where i feel uncomfortable with spiders in a room yeah, in my last basement, I had I literally had spiders try to get on me. Like it was the first time I've ever seen a spider like crawl across the ceiling, drop down on the web, and we'd like back away. It'd go back up, go to the ceiling, <laughs> and crawl, and then and then drop down. And I was like, "All right, buddy, second time, it's not <laughs> I okay." I gave you a chance. I gave you a chance. I gave you a chance to take the peaceful route. <laughs> no, it's war. <laughs> it's war. Just again, it's just more DC news, man. There's not much to say this week with the DC stuff because it's pretty small. Yeah, but uh. They cast for the Teen Titan show that we were talking about a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. They Dick now Grayson. cast their Robin, who is Dick Grayson, which is really specific in the sense of, you know, we were talking about, oh, maybe it'll be Damien. Maybe it'll be, you know, a younger Robin with then a Dick Grayson being Nightwing, since our Starfire actress is older. You know, younger kid, not old, but playing that younger age being Dick Grayson specifically makes it a really interesting, like how the team is going to, yeah. you know, merge together because historically Dick Grayson has been Nightwing during the Teen Titans where Starfire is older. Well, okay. So like with Dick Grayson, like, um, I mean, it's the actor from Pirates of the Caribbean five mm. yeah. who like <laughs> actually got pretty good reviews for his performance in the film and yeah. his ability to do stunts and the, his sword fighting. He was sort of praised for that. So, yeah. I mean, he, he doesn't look like young, Right, he doesn't look like he's gonna be a kid. Yeah, he looks like, like you know, like seventeen to twenty kind of age. Yeah, I mean, I would just in comparison, the Starfire actress looks, you know, mid to late twenties. Again, you know, I just like I sort of jump to that, like, you know, we can have a older actor performing a younger character with Starfire, right? Like, it's not uncommon to have young no, characters yeah, yeah. played by thirty-year-olds. It's just interesting <laughs> in just regard to just again source material because she's generally not. She's either like the same age as everyone, or she is kind of the leader of them. With Dick Grayson being someone, because it was like there's like two kind of versions of the Teen Titans where it's her younger with them, and then her older where she's now mentoring like the new age of Teen Titans. Right. Kind of thing. I feel like they might just do some sort of crazy thing where like oh, like my people don't really age that much. Yeah. And so therefore, I will well, stay the same always, while you guys age up. <laughs> well, and she's always been very naive character, too, just mm-hmm. to, like, the world and the way that, like, Earth works and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, small little thing. But I thought I'm, was. I'm curious, with all of the news that we're getting about the, the Teen Titans live action, if that's going to be sort of, like, the showrunner for 
the DC streamer. Like, if that's going to kind of be the, like, launch ship. I think it's either going to be that or uh, Young Justice Season 3. Third mm. season. Yeah. Third season makes more sense. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, those two shows are the only thing they've talked about being yeah. a part of that so far. So it's interesting. Uh, on a side note, did you see the, the trailer for the next season of Gotham? No. I literally <laughs> couldn't care less about just, that show. I, the reason I watched I, the first couple episodes, I was like, no, no, no. I just, just another <laughs> just like side there, but I, I just happened upon the trailer the other day, and it's like, it's the season with like the Dark Knight, and it's like teenage Batman first trying out being Batman. I was like, Ooh, boy. I was just like, <laughs> what? Why is this such a like a teeny bop show? Like all the villains are like teenagers, and it's like, welcome to Gotham High, where oh really? Well, it's not like that. Like they're not in high school, but all the characters seem really young and like well, except the- for the old people. But it's like <laughs> yeah. all the villains are teenagers, and Batman's a teenager, and like why? But they, like they already tried like like I think last season they tried establishing things like the Court of Owls, which is fairly new. Did they? Yeah, Jeez. it's which is fairly new in the comic book world. Yeah. So, like, Super new. So like they're just expecting only the nerds are watching the show, and I believe next season I heard that they're acting a, a character called Doctor Pig, who's super new yeah, <laughs> like I it's mean, super obscure God, well, that one's super <laughs> super new too. stuff i mean like that's okay i think if like just it does, everything doesn't have to be like classic yeah but like it just seems so weird as a directorial just like showrunner choice to have a show that's like supposed to be dark and gritty batman but everyone's like teeny bops right like, yeah that's weird <laughs> like well that was like the whole like premise of the show it was like it wasn't even really about batman yeah so it was about the city of gotham specifically right like, and what happened to make Bruce Wayne would want to become Batman, essentially. Right. But we're now at the point where they're, like, showing Bruce Wayne wearing a hoodie and a, like, plastic bat mask trying to take on... Oh, really? Yeah. Literally, oh, good that's Lord. the trailer. Good Lord. Like, <laughs> like teenage him in a hoodie being like, I feel powerful like this. Is this is it the same kid throughout every season? I think so. I think so, yeah. So, does he... How old, how old does he look right now? I mean, he looks like he's, like, 15. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. I mean... <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> Go ahead. Be kid Batman. So it just it was a very strange choice. Do they plan for it to keep going? <laughs> I mean, they must be getting the views. It must be. I mean, yeah. Well, I just want, I just because I, I don't really know anyone that like likes comics like I do that watches the show. So I'm like, is it just some sort of bro that's like, it's like, yeah, I love Batman. You know, that <laughs> that Doctor Pig and everything. You know. <laughs> I think it's honestly for like. <laughs> I don't think it's for us kind of people. I mean, to like, be fair, like you know as nerd culture becomes more mainstream, you're always going to have new lines of access, right, for people to come in. I feel like that's just sort of what Gotham is, is sort of a, like, first time I'm going to start into the Batman stuff. And whether or not, you know, how successful that is is debatable, but, like, you know, four seasons in and they're still getting the viewership, there has to be people watching it. I was like, how? (laughs) Just how? I just don't don't know anyone that actually watches the show. (laughs) Like, nobody I know. Yeah, I don't I know. honestly just, I think it's for a mainstream audience. It's not for us kind of thing. I just don't, it doesn't matter. I don't know any single person that watches the show and can tell me what's going on. <laughs> I don't know if we have anyone listening at home that watches Gotham, let us know. Yeah, I'd be interested to <laughs> find out people who watch it because, yeah, I just, I watched the first couple episodes and just have had no interest yeah. since then. The other news thing I have was um, Ed Screen leaving Hellboy oh, yeah. um, because he was basically cast as in character who in the original comic was Asian American. Yeah, he's super he's super Asian. <laughs> yeah. His name is Ben uh, Daim- Daimyo. Da- I, don't, I don't know the pro- proper uh, pronunciation of it, but it's like, yeah, no, he's Asian. <laughs> it's like straight up. 
It's like it's like not, it's super blatant. I just don't understand what they were thinking. Well, I mean, like I think that that just speaks volumes to the like whitewashing we're seeing, like, and that has we're not seeing. It has always been this way, right? But I think it's it was really cool that Ed Screen really like when he realized the character was because he didn't know who the yeah, character no, was when he, he got it. Their job. And then he was just like, "Great, I got it." And then when he heard the outcry and he like looked it up, he like said, "Nope." I'm not going to take this role and yeah. has reversed the entire production stance. Like the producers are now like, okay. Well, gonna, I mean, they're pretty much put on a spot where they, well, no, they yeah. kind of have to react. They have to, but yeah. I mean, that's awesome. Like that. Yeah, mean, no, no, no. Like, I, I'm just saying like in the sense that's of, like, what I, mean. I don't think they're doing it out of the goodness of their heart. No, no. <laughs> but, like, oh, you got, you got me. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But like the fact that they had to, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. The yeah, fact yeah that, no, like yeah. they could have just been like, well, we'll just cast someone else, and it doesn't matter what they are, you know. But I think that the fact that by him taking this action, that most actor I can't yeah. name an actor that's done this yet. No, that's been that I think is a huge step to seeing the reversal of that whitewashing. Well, yeah, it's interesting because usually the whether they believe it or not, the stance generally with people is like it's a combination of things. Like when they did Avatar, the whole argument was like anime, while based in you know Japanese culture, isn't purely about like japanese people it can be people of all colors like anime it doesn't assume the characters are japanese or right. asian descent yeah they're just characters the issue with that one was that all the cultures in that were cast diversely except for the main characters who were blatantly not it's like oh they're, they're that, was, be, that uh, was the excuse uh, like alaskan tribemen and like oh yeah like okay so like the whole tribe the, the whole tribe is like alaskan tribemen except for the main characters in this tribe for some reason, in this <laughs> wide yeah. shot of everyone in the shot. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And that wasn't even the worst part about that movie. <laughs> right. But like, I mean, even with like Ghost in the Shell with Scarlett Johansson, she would talk a lot about like the character herself, not necessarily and like the descent. Like she's a character that I wanted to play kind of thing right. versus like talking about like. And I mean, like. There's a lot of the, the thing comes down to is like they were the perfect person for the role slash like they were the only ones that did the performance right. And, yeah. Which also just is usually I think is lazy casting. Yeah. But I think that and I like, mean it's honestly like a lot of it's with star Scar power. Yeah. It's, it's purely a, marketing. It's a funny year for uh, whitewashing for Asians right now. Like, yeah. It's like like we have the uh, Ghost in the Shell, the Ben Daimyo thing with Hellboy, uh, Death Note, kind of a weird one. Like, yeah. like, Death Note like did you watch like, that? <laughs> no. Have you, do you know the original anime? I do know the original okay. anime. It's like, it's like, oh, we're going <laughs> to... The, the, the dumbest thing about that was the still using the Japanese name Kira. It's like, it's like, oh, it's to throw off their tracks and uh, yeah, the whole, think that we're in Japan. It's like, what? Yeah, the reason he uses Kira in the movie is so that they think he lives in Japan and thinks that he's Japanese. Wow. And like, it's funny, too, because they make some offhanded comment instantly about like, oh, well, he used this wrong. So he obviously doesn't live in Japan. I was like... That was a really dumb plan, guys. <laughs> it's they're, like, like, it's, they're like, the way he writes in Japanese is obvious that he doesn't know how to speak the language, that he's just, like, copy-pasting things. Like, they make a comment about uh, that, and it's just like, God, like... What like a, this isn't exactly, like, honoring the original source material. You, like, you're already, supposed like... supposed to be super intelligent. He's supposed yeah. to be super intelligent. Well, that's, that, that's one like, of the biggest complaints <laughs> I have about it, is Light in this story is an idiot. Right. Versus, like, that's the whole interesting part. He sees always ahead of them. So when you have L versus light uh-huh. it's actually a competition of wits and it's a chess game that they're having right which is never what's happening in the movie at all <laughs> going along with uh with light you know just like that was the the big bummer part about watching that movie for me was just like because that was the interesting part was the chess game between him and l and like yeah. they got to that point really quickly i was like oh, okay they're probably gonna make the big part big chunk of this movie about 
his chess match with Alan. It wasn't. It was about his relationships with uh, Mia, who mm. is Misa Misa in the right. in the show. And it was just like it just became like this weird like romance mm, movie. Great. Yeah, like everyone points out the the eighties uh, yeah, like, rock music or just, like pop music in the background. Well, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like it's like it's like. Um, r&b it's like slow rhythm like yeah or like slow r&b or like synth and just like yeah it's no, just no. really weird it's just like, it's like and you're, I, I, you're trying like, to follow the strange yeah there's like formula. a weird couple <laughs> things where at least like the thing that it, like they shouldn't have necessarily had to make it like, like you know whitewash it but at least they gave some reasons and like it's taking place in seattle like we're changing the location of it kind yeah, of thing go, at go least they did out. that like just go all out but like then when they pull things like the cure thing it's like no, like you can't do like just, hey guys, just remember, something different. Remember Death Notes in anime, which is made in Japan? Remember yeah. that? <laughs> remember? Remember? <laughs> yeah, like so it was just stuff like that where I was like, you don't need that. Like if you're trying to if you're trying to separate it so much from that, don't give us that stuff. And like I even would have rather them change his name from Light. Yeah, which is a stupid light turner. Like. Yeah, like no one like it's yeah, it's just like weird combinations of like trying to keep to the heritage, but then by doing that, you're really like stepping on the heritage of the like original show. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, go all out. Don't go half and half. You can't have your foot in both doors. Well, it's like ghost like, in the show. Like, I was like, Oh, okay. This is, uh, this is a futuristic Japan. Um, private, private, a lot of the, the big characters are white. Um, anytime there's like a side character that's like garbage men instead of Japanese, they're white. Uh, and it's like, okay, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of white people here. I'm seeing Japanese, some Japanese people in the background. Um, uh, and then like, Oh, uh, you know, uh, Scar Joe's character. It's a uh, Motoko Kusanagi. Original name, right? Yeah. In the anime, uh, and h- here it's like Mary Jane, whatever. Like you know, it's like something else. It's a, it's an English name. Right. Yeah. And then at the end, you find out like, oh, you know what? She was really Motoko Kusanagi the entire time, but transplanted into yeah. ScarJo's body. Well, <laughs> see, I, I don't know how I feel about that. And I feel like <laughs> that they. Ha- I feel like the I'm fact frustrated. that they have to like make these concessions are like maybe we shouldn't have done it this way. Well, I feel frustrated a lot about that twist because. If that was the twist that they wanted, the thing that they should have done is there should have been a commentary throughout it about, like, you know, the cyborg bodies being used, like, they're all white people. And, like, the idealization of white people bodies as this, like, cultural issue, right, where, like, cyborgs are white people because that's the idealized or, like, culturally, like, appropriated idea. And I think that, like, by the fact they didn't talk about that issue at all and then the switch happened it it felt dishonest and it felt like it felt like terrible <laughs> I, whitewashing the terrible whitewashing. especially <laughs> like you know when she, she's talking to uh, her original mother who's like J- japanese in japan yeah. yet they're both speaking english and she's struggling to speak english it's like yeah. super broken right. english so it's like what do you not speak japanese right. Skyjo, and the character like do you i don't i don't understand what is this like, it just felt like like why isn't this just set in America? Like why? Right. Yeah. If it was set, if it was yeah, a sci-fi America, been, or you know, it could have been like it should have been even like and just got going along with like oh yeah, there's like you know more white people in the area. There should have been other races then too. Just the idea of like in the future, everything's more diverse. There's no like there's not a lot of like boundaries and stuff. But the fact that it's still only like white people and Asian people, it's like no, it's still bad that way. Like yeah. add other you know races. <laughs> Yeah, and I, yeah, whoop. But yeah, like, because of the context of that story and what they were doing, they could have talked a lot about race in a a good way that sci fi can do. Yeah. Right? To talk about modern issues through the lens of the future, right? Instead, they just told the Ghost in the Shell story, not that good. Yeah. Yeah. Womp, womp. (laughs) Yeah, womp, womp. (laughs) Um, I guess that kind of going along with 
ghosts in the shell can kind of move us kind of into our like main topic of the day which Mm. is the our meat and potatoes yeah which is the summer blockbusters Yeah, yeah um for perspective the there's been a lot of articles coming out this week and this and we'll be coming out the next couple weeks just because it's kind of the end of the summer movie season um there's a lot of articles talking about how this has been a kind of a historic low whereas from 2015 to 2016 there was a 12 percent drop in box office revenue but this has been about 14 and a half percent which has been the biggest drop since i think it was 2006 i yeah, mean was... what came out in 2006 <laughs> like... i don't know but it's just, just <laughs> but one of those things a where it's trend drop in like the last yeah. 10 years. And just kind of the idea that both people haven't been going to movies and the movies that have come out this season have been kind of meh, like not well received. There's been like not There's, that big movie that's coming out. Right. Interestingly, some of the articles also talk about how like it's been a really bad season for block for the, you know, just blockbusters for in blockbusters general. in general, but not bad for movies. And it was very interesting just reading about how they talked about like some of the hits were really big hits, but as a like total, everything was the, the revenue sales were bad, but like some of the hits were really big for what they were. Yeah. Especially talking about like Wonder Woman, Guardians of the Galaxy and yeah. Dunkirk were the ones that they really talked about as being like really stellar hits and like, even like as elements of movie making were really important, but also just box office in general, just plot. Well, I'll, I'll list off. So the top five this last summer, um, starting from five to one, number five was Dunkirk with $175 million. Uh, Despicable Me 3 with $255 million. <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming with $320 million. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, $389 million. And then Wonder Woman being number one with $407 million. Nice. Um, so a lot of, so we've got two sequels and Spider-Man is almost a sequel in a sense, since we've already seen him in a movie. Franchise film. Um, and then you've got still then another, uh, superhero movie. And then you've got Dunkirk, which is, you know, Christopher Nolan, which is going to be able to do really well since his last two movies have done well so that people know his name. So, yeah. You know, people are going to go see it. Um, I find it interesting because like the rest of the other movies that I saw, this year, because I've seen all of those movies except for Despicable Me 3, which I'm sure I would probably enjoy. I just didn't necessarily see the need to see it in theaters. Yeah. I mean, I didn't I, care I about like, the second one. I, I mean, like the, the second one was the fine. Second. The second one was fine. I just didn't care about it. So, like, it's just like, there's like no ur- there was no urgency for me to watch any of the films this year. Yeah. Well, and it was weird because I feel like there were some that just, like, passed me by. Because I remember wanting to see the new Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Just never ended up seeing it. Yeah. Um, same thing for Cars 3. Um, hmm. The Mummy was the same. Uh, you didn't want to watch Transformers the last night? The yeah, no, I was, I was good. Bay films. <laughs> I was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's just interesting. Yeah, because then you've got on this list War for the Planet of the Apes, which honestly, in my mind, is the best on this list of the movies that came out this summer that I saw. Oh, hands down. Hands down, War for the Planet of the Apes is the best it was of awesome. the year. Um, I would put that up there. That was one of my... I saw Alien Covenant. Not a fan. No. I didn't like... What it was, it was more towards the Prometheus side so of the argument. Probably means I don't like it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, if you like, like that, yeah, like, it, no, it was no more towards that you. side. It was just one of those things where they focused a lot on the story and world that is alien mm-hmm. than like the movie internally of itself. Mm-hmm. So it's just like just lack of focus. And I just didn't like that about it. Um, I did see Captain Underpants, the first epic movie. Oh boy! Which, as far as like, <laughs> I'm bummed that the Emoji movie did more than that, and that uh, <laughs> Despicable Me, because that movie was actually pretty good. I think if like I was a kid, I would, 
I would love it because I read those books as a kid and I loved oh, them. Oh, they're great. Um, and the movie was awesome. Like, it was really good, like, really well done. It caught, like, the flavor that is Captain Underpants, like, yeah. really well. Like, it was just super fun. Um, and, like, the art style was weird, too, because it was kind of similar to the Peanuts movie. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like that weird, like... 3D, 2D. Yeah, it, like, looked real but wasn't kind of thing. Like, it almost looked kind of claymation-y kind of thing. I really enjoyed that. But I just remember being, like, not, not seeing movies, like, multiple times, I guess, I feel like is kind of the big thing. Whereas, like, in past years, I feel like I've wanted to go and see movies multiple times, even though I guess I did see Wonder Woman three times, but whatever. <laughs> and that was, like, the more I watched that, the less I was enamored by that movie. Mm. But I just feel like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy was fine. I It was it was never going to be able to live up to what the first one was. Yeah, and that's that's been most people's complaints. I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was thematically a stronger film than the first one. I like that everything was thematically pulled towards conflict of family yeah. and that the whole film was built around that concept so it felt like a tighter written film than the first one to me because everything felt thematically purposed it wasn't just there for shits and giggles and like when you go back and watch the first guardian it's a great film i love that movie yeah. but like there's some like weird pacing issues in the first one too where you're just like great we just spent most of this movie building the team and then we just decide to yeah. be the the heroes you can do the opposite like suicide squad with him <laughs> build the team up and you don't even know these people <laughs> right no, no yeah, yeah, yeah exactly there is there is a but like I, but I do you know i do think that one of the the big things that guardian of the galaxy the first film had for it was that no one knew who these characters were mm-hmm. unless they were like really big yeah. comic fans well and, it allowed them to be those characters right and it also it was such a like a left field for the marvel it was it was a you know a sucker punch of a good movie you yep. know, like it just yeah. came out of left field. Everyone was surprised. It was a good refresher for the whole market. Yeah, and I think that expectations can be the death of any movie, totally. right? I think people were expecting to be the same surprise as the first one, which we'll never get. No. I honestly thought that there was too much going on with this one. That's yeah. fair. Same I here. think they needed to cut like two storylines. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, the family was the big thing, I think, but I think like they tried way too hard to make everything about that to the point where they even like brought um, what's Gamora's sister? Uh, Nebula. Nebula. Like, and it was just like, that was like, while I think they did a good job with that storyline, it just took away from other ones uh-huh. in my mind that made it everything seem less impactful when it all came to the end. Sure. Because um, I just don't think they ever gave enough time to those things. Like, I really like the whole Yondu dad thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, I guess. Like, he oh, seemed like kind that. of like an asshole the whole time to oh. Peter Quill. <laughs> right. Where just, like, at the end, where it's, like, this whole, like, Could've oh, it's really sad. you, boy. Yeah, it's just, like, where it was, like, really sad. And I was, like, was it sad? He was just, like, a jerk We shall forgive time. abuse. That's what we shall forgive. Yeah, that's what we, like, that's, it was just, like, we'll really unearned this. in that scenario. <laughs> yeah. And that just was what bothered me with that movie. Like, it was, like, yeah, like, I enjoyed all stuff. Like, I think they are pulling a little bit too much with Drax. <laughs> like, well, uh-huh. he's just becoming the joke machine. Well, it's like it just the, the sequel just does that classic thing where everyone just forgets about the lessons they learned in the first yeah. one, and just starts from square one again, and then yeah. and now that, like instead of like them be the characters that they were that we didn't know, they're caricatures sure. of the characters we met in the first film. Yeah. Well, I think that also comes down to I, I feel like that's actually a huge issue with the Marvel universe in total. I think yeah. that a lot of the sequels and say for a few characters in that genre, that franchise, a lot of them just are caricatures of their characters now, right? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like Tony Stark is Tony Tony, Tony Stark just is completely has forget his entire trilogy. He doesn't, you know. <laughs> Here comes like, that playful alcoholic like quip that he's yeah. about to say to everyone in the room. And, 
Thor. Well, everyone, everyone was basically seeing how there's like five Tony Starks in that universe now too, with Peter Quill, Tony Stark, right. even like Ant Man's character a little bit. Like inside their own movies, they're their own Tony Stark character. Right. Like exactly. Um. So just looking at so let's look at kind of you know yeah you've got a lot of sequels and really like deep sequels. Where you've got, you know, if you look at We're Guardians, going and, deep with these. <laughs> but even like like Guardians, even only being the second one, it's in this Marvel cinematic. So it's these are all sequels to each other because it's you know one long storyline kind of thing. Despicable Me 3, so we're looking at the third movie there. Pirates of the Caribbean, which is now the fifth movie in that franchise. Cars Oof. 3, War for the Planet of the Apes, which is the third. Transformers Last Night, which I think is the seventh? Sixth? It has to be like six. Uh, it's it five or six, I think. There's no way like... Do they this? even Annabelle Creation. Yeah, I know, right? Annabelle oh, Creation, <laughs> okay. Creation, which is now a f- the fourth part of a series of you know horror movies. Right. Um, the Mummy, which is a remake, kind of Alien Covenant, which is now you know who knows how many how many movies deep are we on? Count the Alien vs Predator movies are pretty deep. Four or five. <laughs> so it's just interesting looking at those. Uh, last year, eight eight movies now. If you count the Predators, yeah. if you count AVP. Ugh. Yeah, right. <laughs> not. Mm. Last year was kind of the same thing, though, too, with the exception of a couple of things. So the top five last year were Jason Bourne, Suicide Squad, Secret Life of Pets, Captain America, and Finding Dory. How underwhelming. None of them are new IPs. With the exception of Secret Life of Pets. Yeah, but that's... Which is number like, three. That's, 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 that's the... That's the dis- <laughs> well, yeah, that's the Despicable Me 3. It's like you've got kind of like, of the top five, it's like, you know, what you consider above, you know, teenage movies, and then you've got the kids movie. Well, I mean, like... Is, a good example of that is like emoji movie, right? Like God, the fact that we're scraping the bottom of the barrel now that we are doing movies about emojis. It did more than alien Covenant. It did more because it's, it, you know, yeah. unfortunately it's a family film and yeah. during the summertime, parents and kids are going to go see movies. So like, you know, there's only so many animated films that come out in a year. And that means that terrible things like emoji film will still make money. I yeah. can't, I can't wait for the end of the year box office where the nut job too, uh, nuttier than normal. I don't know what the, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the, the, the tagline is called. Or whatever, <laughs> whatever it's like, is gonna be like in the top ten list just because it's an yeah, animated be interesting. film. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, because you've got how did that get a sequel? <laughs> animated in the top uh, twenty are Despicable Me, Cars Three, um, Emoji Movie, Captain Underpants, and that's it. And it's it's one of those things too where it's like Emoji Movie had a lot of competition with both Despicable Me and then Cars, mm-hmm. but that's also kind of the same thing. Last year you had Angry Birds Movie came out last year too. That was really the only other one besides Finding Dory and Secret Life of Pets. So those are kind of like the big ones. Like Finding Dory obviously is going to be a pretty big one, but you also have Captain America Civil War, which was a really big culmination of, you know, the Marvel Cinematic yeah, Universe. Yeah. A lot of that stuff. Film, yeah. uh, Suicide Squad, which is a franchise film. That's, that's it. Yeah. Uh, Jason Bourne, which was kind of like the, you know, the hopeful return of Jason Bourne to the Jason Bourne series because they had, uh, what was the- Jeremy the, Renner. Jeremy Renner. What was it called uh, though? It was the Bourne, uh, the Bourne- Identity? No, no. So that's the first one. Yeah, uh, born <laughs> something. It was something different. Born was legacy different. or something. Born legacy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's something where you know it was uh, terrible. Taken off from the series, <laughs> so it's like I hopefully come back. Star Trek Beyond, which honestly I feel like very underrated. Mm-hmm. I really like Star Trek Beyond a lot in comparison to especially the second one. I like probably Beyond then the first one then the second one with the second one being way behind the other two. That one like kind of came out nowhere because it really felt like Star, Star Trek. Wars. Star Trek. Star uh oh! You had X Men Apocalypse, which is another one where, as much as that movie wasn't great, it was following up. You know, Days of Future Past, which was, was an awesome movie. Yeah. Um, so you had a lot of people to see that. Ghostbusters was in the top ten. 
as much as people wanted to hate it i think everyone was curious and honestly like it wasn't great for me i liked it more than the original but i never really Mm. liked the original or saw it until i was older right you didn't have the nostalgia the disease of that i probably saw both of those movies within three years of each other right it was fine it's it, it didn't deserve the hate no, it doesn't deserve the praise, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I it, wouldn't say it deserves any praise, but I, I didn't think the first one deserves much praise. It was fine mm. in my mind. I, I can hear the pitchforks out in the outside <laughs> now. I believe, no. But I also saw it way later, and yeah, yeah. there's a nostalgia I mean, point like, to it that n- I don't have. Nostalgia is a huge thing, and like you know, if you weren't raised on those films, like without that nostalgia, you see the flaws of them so much easier, especially yeah. compared to what we expect from modern cinema. So yeah, exactly. You know, so I think and comedies of that type. Type, yeah. yeah. I know what it's like for kids that like grew up, like that were like you know like five or eight when Iron Man the first Iron Man came out and now it's like what right. ten years like almost ten years like like since then yeah. like it's just like like just then thinking like wait is this nostalgic for you or is this just like by the books now because you've been getting a movie yeah. that's related to this movie every year right. you know since you were however old you were it's like like what a, what a weird thing to think like to imagine to and it's feel. also <laughs> the first time really in cinematic history where that's a thing right like, yeah like a yeah. serial e- like things. even Star Wars you know like it was years between the sequels right yeah, was, the like, first ones years or something. and then also like okay granted you know back in the day you used to have like the the weekly serial films like you'd have the adventures of a cowboy or like you know there was always these like films that would turn out that you'd go and see the next episode of but we never had that when we were growing up is what's weird to me but no. i mean like but nothing on the scale right no. like sure you could watch like the serial films that used to happen in theaters with cowboys and indians and all that stuff it was much more like television than it was yeah. cinematic movie making and so like the idea that you have a film that you've been raised on for 10 years yeah that's just characters you've been raised on too for like the same actors like being just those characters to you too and then you also like because like the with the you know we're not it's no longer ain't it cool news that's like the the movie resource everywhere is the movie resource where you can basically find out everything about the next movie right now next year the movie that comes out next year you can find out everything you need yeah. to know right now right sounds like so like i just like that information to kids like i just don't like as they're growing up it's like do you care right. do you even care anymore like like or is it just are you just gonna be like are you just gonna be like if marvel doesn't release a film this next year i'm just gonna forget about it right just like people are to do yeah now. well and that's kind of like you know when we were like growing up comic book stuff like there wasn't great stuff there was good stuff but there wasn't a lot of like great stuff. So right. it's like yeah, we got Blade, we got the first X Men film with Brian Singer and Black Leather. Uh, well, I'm not even I'm not even talking about that. <laughs> I even mean when we we're like John even when we were Zombo. younger, like when just like animated stuff, like even that stuff was like rare. Oh, yeah, right. To like get yeah, something comic animation. book, we had to watch like a cartoon of it. Yeah, it sure. wasn't like a, you know like a full fledged version of it. We would get weird versions like Tim Burton's Batman and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, we got but... we got the charm of like oh they're doing this dark gritty Batman movie and stuff like. Right, the, the Adam West Batman. It's like we got that that little. Oh, ain't that neat? Ain't yeah. that neat, guys? The Dark Knight. How about that? What an interesting film. Then like kids are just like, no, that's what Batman is. So the only way we can change it is if we go back to Adam West Batman again. Right, <laughs> which is funny because they're releasing those two cartoons, which are the yeah. Adam West Batman. <laughs> yeah, but it's like it's so interesting because you know Marvel has no like showing of stopping. Right, no. it's going to be making these as long as they make money. Right, yeah. and so it's just is so weird to think that there's this fran- like this franchise machine that has been built, and now it it permeates all of Hollywood. Like 
when it's frustrating because a lot, you know, the one thing we hear a lot as like for as us as filmmakers and people who enjoy films is like, ah, oh, there's nothing original in Hollywood anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a hundred percent true. But then the problem that I keep seeing is that whenever something original does come out, no one goes and watches it because they're so used to franchises, and then they complain when no, uh, like it's like, of course they're not making original content because you won't watch the original content. Yeah, like you have to take. You're a gonna risk. pirate it. You're gonna. You're just gonna go like, oh, that seems interesting. Gonna pirate it, gonna download it illegally, not gonna give any money to them. Like, right. Yeah. And so it's just like, and that's why I think streaming services are the first places that we're actually seeing original content is because they don't need to wait on view viewership to make their money. Yeah. Right. So that's why we're starting to find that stuff. But if we want to see cinematic original IPs, people need to be willing to take a risk. Like, yeah, you're gonna watch a few bad movies. But yeah. guess what? People used to have to watch bad movies. <laughs> but then again, movies didn't need to cost no, right. over $10 a pop. Like. Right. And so we're at this but weird... They were all still kind of like relative. Like, well, like, I mean, like, well, like, like, I mean, like, what? At least those 10 big movies, that's $100 to put per person for the summer. Like, those those are big movies to think about. Like, Wonder Woman, Spider-Man, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Planet. It's like, those are cool movies. Like, yeah, I want to see those movies. But you're expecting me to pay, like, in that top 10 list, like, $100 for the summer or whatever at least like so it's like ah i just don't have that kind of money well and that's the like you see a lot of the rise of like the five dollar tuesdays we've talked about these before but also i think it's like it's different because the dissemination of information is so much wider like Mm. if you're like hey this movie looks cool you can watch tons of like reviewers on youtube you can read articles about like if you should go see this movie in general so i think it's an interesting like I feel like a lot more people because of the like cost are becoming more educated about the movies they go see. So they do a lot of research beforehand or will listen to people talk about it or listen to some kind of podcast about people talking about movies before they go see something to kind of make that decision for them. So that's why you kind of, you'll see, you always have the, you know, those big ones at the top, like Wonder Woman, Gardens of the Galaxy, which have been, and Spider-Man, which have been like kind of the three most praised movies, as well as Dunkirk, which obviously that one's a little bit more, it's, you know, a history film as well. Right. It's not going to be the big movie that Wonder Woman and Guardians is, but you see a huge drop off past those first four, which where you've got basically the three movies everyone was talking about this summer. And then you've got the kids movie. And like, (laughs) because that's the top four. You've got Wonder Woman, Guardians, Spider-Man, three comic book movies everyone's going to go see. Those were all the way from 400,000 to 300,000. Despicable Me did 250, Dunkirk 174, and then just keeps dropping from there. So, you know, number one to number five is more than a 50% drop in how many people went and saw it. Right. So it's just interesting, like that kind of you know drop is really quick i was thinking about like i i don't i don't know for if i'm a good example because i feel like i've had a pretty hectic year or two with work and stuff like that but i just didn't feel like i just saw enough advertisements for a lot of films even the popular ones like i don't remember seeing like one woman in my face all the time or spider-man or or even planet of the apes you know like i didn't really see them everywhere like i used to i think one so i used to have that same feeling a lot um I think being in Portland, we live in a sort of weird advertisement-free bubble for films because I remember when I was in like New York, the ad- oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, you yeah. literally like every wall has a movie poster on it. Like every bus has like, so I imagine like Wonder Woman was probably like pasted everywhere but whether or not we were seeing screen time on television i know that i saw a ton of bumpers on youtube for it i saw a ton of stuff for guardians i feel like yeah if i'm looking from looking at all these and honestly for whatever reason i feel like i saw a lot about good dunkirk but i think that's because most of the times i saw stuff like that (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, <laughs> I feel like, but I feel like I saw a lot of Dunkirk stuff when I was going to movies. I feel like that was yeah. a big one that was yeah. advertised in movie theaters. Like I'd always see it as trailers. I feel but like we've been su- seeing but that trailers. But that was a subtle. Te- that was a subtle teaser totally. that you that gave you nothing. So like yeah, it made you want to think about all it. Literally, all it gave you was Christopher Nolan. You're like, all right, cool. And that's true. <laughs> you know, that's true. Like, like, oh yeah, they know what they're trust. like. Yeah. He knows how to like you know. Which is weird because I feel like this movie, while it was good, not as many people saw it as went and saw Interstellar and um, Inception. Inception. It didn't have that wild factor. Yeah, so I'm going to be interested to see what people think of him after this. Not to say that it's bad or anything, but like it's just so much more specific of a movie mm-hmm. and more contained than what he normally does. Yeah, and doesn't also hit a lot of his classic filmic tropes, right? Like he doesn't try to. You know, it's it's not about technology in some manner, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it is still about time, which was interesting. I was wondering how he was gonna like play with that, right? It took me like the whole movie to realize what was going on because <laughs> the explanation at the first I was like, like one day, <laughs> one week, three hours. What? 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 what, what? <laughs> yeah, that took me way too much, way too long while watching the movie. <laughs> that was me and John were talking about that. Man, I just feel like I didn't get it, and it's my fault, not the movie's fault. <laughs> I just felt dumb. I am too dumb for this movie. <laughs> yeah, that's probably. A- pretty constant uh critique of nolan's films i'm just dumb for this movie but i feel like all the other ones i got that one was just like yeah. and it was such like a like all, all of those other ones are based on like concepts whereas right. this one's based on like a thing that happened right. that i don't know anything about yeah, well i mean like fair. his other films also like plastering you with like like interstellar a bunch of like physics a bunch of astronomy a bunch of like things that like i personally don't know but i'm just gonna believe that they know what they're talking right. about uh, inception dreams do this time is affected in dreams cool. like this like yeah sure batman he's wearing a bat suit he isn't like he like everyone believe everyone thinks he's cool cool uh the the prestige magic is it real nicola testa was he a magician was he what was he what was he yeah it's just interesting um to like compare and then even going two years back one of like two of the biggest things so two years ago the number five to number one is mission impossible rogue nation the minions movie inside out avengers age of ultron and jurassic world that's number one yeah so that year was nuts. Like it was interesting. Jurassic World yeah. broke records. Yeah, weekend box, box office records, which was then that same year broken by Star Wars, which of course it's going to happen. But then you got Avengers: Age of Ultron, which was uh, similar to like Guardians of the Galaxy two esque one, where it's like everyone loved the first Avengers. This one was like a, uh, but everyone was already yeah. still going to go. <laughs> the hype was like, there. The hype was, was always like, there. <laughs> yeah, everyone was always still going to go. Um, then you have Inside <laughs> Out, which again Pixar like. Yeah, of course. They're just going to dominate whatever. Yeah, and you have film. minions too. So that's an interesting year where you had both of them competing at, you know, a high level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, not high level, but minions was. <laughs> but as, as money goes, they were competing financially. Totally. And if you look at those, really those close, numbers. Those $20 million dollars real, between the two. Yeah, real close. Like, of course, minions lost out because Pixar will always win. Yeah. And mm-hmm. especially with Pixar when they do um, original stuff, I feel like they do yeah. better than, with the exception of Toy Story, when they do sequels. Yeah. Um, and then you had Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, which was awesome. I really enjoyed that yeah. one a lot. The, the last Mission Impossible films are incredible. Yeah. They've been awesome. It's, uh, yeah. It's funny how much that, that series has changed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> from like where it was to where it is now. Hey, we did get fate, the, the Fate of the Furious this year, and my God, how that's changed and it's still incredible. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, when did that come out? That's not even on this. Fate of the Furious came out this year. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it must have been earlier. It, it, it's, yeah. not it's, not, it's not a summer blockbuster. No. no. One thing that was interesting reading the articles too was how much international sales saved a lot of these films, and how much how interesting it is that international sales, like going back to original IPs or like IPs that aren't as well known, how well they do across like uh, Valerian and a thousand like. City of a Thousand Planets yeah. is doing amazing in Europe and it's doing great in China. 
right? Like yeah. it is like yeah. even the reviews of it and, and the ratings are like high, right? Mm-hmm. Like people love that movie because people knew the the, the source, the material. source material, yeah. and also like and you know I think that there's something to say that Luc Besson's style probably is more appreciated yeah. over there. Um, but it's just so interesting that franchises, you know, like I mean, granted also, but this doesn't. I guess this theory doesn't hold water when, you know, Dead Men Tell No Tales is also doing really good in oh, international. Really? Like, those are really popular. So it's just but interesting that's, that's what, the, that's the interesting, what like, works overseas versus what's popular here. And it's like, like, it's one of those things where, like, because I didn't really think about, like, at least China sales, how right. important that was. Uh, I mean, Avengers 2 kind of, like, hinted me at it because I remember there was a big deal talking about it being set in Asia at one point. Uh, but it was World of Warcraft. Right. The God, fact that, that like what it tripled, so well over there. tripled its uh, the box office that it made here, and so it's one of those things where it's like, are you watching it because it's World of Warcraft, or because just like what is is, it, is the dumb fun aspect of it? Is it the like what are you taking from it that like you, yeah, it makes you enjoy it so much? I overseas? remember I remember reading an article about this, and this was it was more talking about like the Marvel movies, how those do pretty well overseas because it's really basic. There's not a lot of like complex ideas going on, mm-hmm. so that even with translation, they can still just kind of like sit down and watch the movie and especially with shooting in locations obviously world of warcraft is all cgi mm-hmm. but like and that's it, that's more kind of i think ingrained in kind of like the gaming side of it and the technology side of it sure. than anything but like when you have a movie like if you're looking at like wonder woman guardians and then like dunkirk <laughs> the like complexity of those movies you're going to want to watch the one that's the easiest to watch it's the same kind of thing like here but like overseas they do really well because they're not complex yeah. and if they have like that was a big thing with dark knight like they had all those places they shot in china made it do really well overseas so it's like a combination of like the movies being kind of simple in a well, know, well also, also, also china has a limit on how many overseas films they right. can yep. take in so they're like, only going to take the biggest what they think are the biggest ones too also interestingly is i, I when i think about it is that you know when i watch foreign films one thing i always think about when i watch it is i'm never i never question performances of actors across uh yeah. in foreign films mm-hmm. i'm always i just sort of buy them as the character and it, i think it has to do a lot with how well we are tuned into our own language so when an actor does a bad performance in english we can tell it's a bad performance because we know the nuances of the language right? right and so when i watch a french film or a norwegian film i just believe that they're a good actor <laughs> right i just believe them yeah because literally i can't tell if they're saying the words weirdly right so i'm reading the lines and so performances are you know except for a few examples where you're just like that was just like really can't be overacting because yeah you can't really understand what you're there so i wonder if you're being told what they're saying i wonder if that helps where like you watch a marvel film and you're like this is great acting because i literally can't tell when it's like i don't even think it's necessarily like they worry about the acting side of it. it's like good action and like they they are being told the story it's all visual yeah I was just—I was the whole time. I was like, while you're talking about talking about, that, I was thinking about like Mr. Bean, like <laughs> as a Batman or something. Like that. So just like smiling, <laughs> just like oh, yeah, having all the, the, voice. the foreign nuances. Wait a minute, no, Mr. Bean's from England. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't know if he's a good actor. <laughs> That's how he gets you. That's how he gets you. Oh, John. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, forget about me. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's right. I think there's there's something to like just like the nuance of language. So and it's true. Like I'm much more willing to believe a performance by someone that I actually like, you know, in a sense can't even understand what they're saying. Right. And being told what they're saying. In a like, you know, it's like it's like a weird idea of like reading the book of a play that's like really far away. <sighs> 
where you're just like, yeah, this is what's happening. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can't really put them necessarily together. Like, there's always a separation when you're reading something versus on. I always screen. feel that way about like Ken Watanabe when I see him in ways <laughs> English speaking films. I always like like last time I was like, I like this General Custard. I, like I sit there going, I can't tell if this is good or not. <laughs> like, 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 I mean, like all his like all his films so far that I've seen, like, is just him speaking English, but like with a thick Japanese accent. So it's like, <laughs> this one that's like, man, I just don't know if you're good. <laughs> I have no comment. <laughs> Thank you for your insight, John. I just, just, like, just, like, just always think of like him like in as uh, the fake Ra- or fake or whatever Ra's al Ghul in Batman Begins. They're like, Gotham oh, yeah. City must be broadcast. <laughs> it's like, wait, is this good or not? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. He's one of those actors, like, um, in Last Samurai, it's like, you almost didn't even need him to say anything. Because, like, his look, I feel like that's what oh, he gets yeah. cast, like, 90% on. It's oh, yeah, like, yeah. It's just really clearly his like, look, you're just like, I get it. He has incredible screen presence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think it's the same thing. Like, you just believe it. Regardless of what comes oh, like, out of his mouth. Like, he's, he's already so much there that you're like, all right, like I'm it, in. I, like, I don't remember him saying much in Inception. I just remember him being there and looking good. Like, the only line I remember yeah, him no, saying is when he's, like, on his rug at the beginning of the film. I was like, this is not the shack of rug I own. It's like, God, I just don't want yeah, you I to don't, talk. I don't know. If, I don't remember. I, just, I can't think of a single line he says in that movie. <laughs> or, like, even a moment where he's talking. But, yeah, it's interesting to see blockbusters. I think it's just one of those things where I think next year it's going to go up again. I think it's, I don't think it's, I think it's a trend that, I think it's, I think it's correlation, but not causation kind of thing. Uh, The next Jurassic World's coming out next year. Uh, I mean, I'd be, Um, there's going to be, I'd be curious. Infinity War. Oh yeah. Infinity War does come out next year. That's, that's a, that's a hot I think there's just, I think this was just kind of like the off year. Like, I think, I think it's always going to pick back up because we've had, it's the same thing. We were talking about this a couple weeks ago where it's like every week, it seems like some kind of box office record is being broken by some movie. And it's just like. I think it's just going to keep happening as it just gets out there. I think this was just a bunch of movies that just hit all wrong at the same time. Right. I'm curious to see if if the trend doesn't bounce back like you're saying. I'm wondering if we'll start if we're seeing franchise fatigue, but it's too early to say that. I think. I think there is the start of franchise fatigue, but I I know I, I, I feel I, it, but well, I, I, can't I think speak I think them. there's <laughs> I think there's some main ones like with honestly the. Marvel one is starting to happen for some people, but then they keep having like a good one every once in a while. Right. But I think with movies like Pirates of the Caribbean, that's a big one. And Transformers, where those are two big ones that are like big drop-offs that I think those studios are now like, okay, we might need to rethink this because like those are two big ones. I think with a lot of the other ones that came out, no, I think they're just going to keep going. Have you looked at the list for at least the first three months of next year of movies? Is it nuts? It's like all the noteworthy films, except for one uh, slightly original film, which is Ready Player One. Right. Yeah. Everything, uh, like, I can even just go down like a really yeah. quick list. Tell us. Uh, first film, uh, notable year, uh, notable film of the year, in, uh, new insidious film. Uh-huh. Uh, is it a sequel or is it just like a off branch one? It's, it, it's just called The Last Key, Insidious The Last Key. You have the third Maze Runner film. Cause oh, really? that That's was a while out. ago. Uh, really? yeah, cause the, the main kid who I talked about for one of my casting things broke his leg or something. No, yeah. he broke his back. Something yeah. like that. It was that something where like, they weren't even sure if he'd be able to come back. Yeah. You have 50 shades free, the third 50 shades, uh, 50 shades of gray film. Those uh, man, they're just making those out every year. Then you have black Panther. 
Uh-huh, okay. uh, then you have A Wrinkle in Time, which is presumably the start another franchise. Tomb Raider, which is obviously the start another oh, franchise. Wow, that's coming out next year. Yeah. yeah, in the first three months. Pacific Rim 2. Ooh, I'm coming excited out about March. that. Kind of. I feel like it could be really bad. I feel like that trailer gave me nothing to work with. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah but like, like, that's so many sequels or like franchise starters. Yeah, and then you'll in have- the first three months. Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes sense to the start of the year, though, to like have things that you're not 100% sure about. Good Lord. It's just nuts. Because you're not going to... Deadpool 2 comes out next year. Good Lord. (laughs) There are. I guess they've been shooting at this year. Yeah. Makes sense. Like the the next set of months. It's just like, it just doesn't get any better. I mean, that makes sense, though, for those movies. I don't think any of those... Those are those movies they throw out there to see if people like them, but aren't necessarily... They don't know if we'll do well. Yeah. Like, that makes sense. That position makes sense for all those movies. It is nuts. Except for Deadpool. If Deadpool is coming out that time. That seems weird. That seemed like that that movie is earned a summer blockbuster spot. Maybe. I mean, it's probably still pretty low budget. Probably. I mean, two, but, of the, two of these films, or three of these films on this list on the first three months are the only ones I've seen a trailer for. Right. The rest of the, these things, like, I just don't, outside out of mind, like, yeah. who cares? Like, any, like, and so, like, like why Ready would Player One, I get, like, Ready Player One, I get, and I get Black Panther. Because they always, that's their, you know, they're not sure how well that's going to do. They hope it does well, but they're not going to risk it. They're going to have Infinity War for the summer. Yeah, Jurassic World comes out next summer. <laughs> and then, I mean, purge, you have the Han Solo movie, end of next, end of end of next year yeah, yeah the second ant-man film good lord wow there's a lot of another mission impossible that's next year yeah good lord well they had to delay that for a while because uh tom cruise injured himself hey mm-hmm. goosebumps 2 comes out uh, next year yeah. oh yes <laughs> dude goosebumps so good oh it's gonna be great okay <laughs> that, that just that just solved the whole, whole year. <laughs> <laughs> like, speaking of let's move good. on to our well, a new segment we're gonna have on the show which is movies you may not have considered yeah my pick this week <laughs> is going to be Goosebumps. <laughs> Ooh, because Goosebumps is so good. That movie was way underrated. Like, I remember seeing that people be like, this is going to be the worst movie ever. And me and me and John went and saw it. And we came out and be like, man, that was awesome. I never got a rush like that since watching Jumanji. And like, still remember it thinking good, it's good all the way through. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's paced really well. It gets the, like, flavor of Goosebumps so well. <laughs> Like, ah, man, just everything. It's, about, hard, like, it's hard. It's hard to really describe it. Cause like, it's just filled with all these weird, like off key jokes. Like, like that, there's like a scene where uh, a giant mantis is terrorizing the town. And these kids are all making fun of the main character for trying to explain like giant mantis is running around town. And this one kid's looking out the window and goes, ha look, I can see monsters. Everyone's laughing. Ha, let's make fun of the kid. Oh my God. There's a giant monster coming right at us. Yeah, we get it, man. We get the joke. And then the monster eats the kid. And you're just like, what? <laughs> It's like, it's super funny. The tone is perfect for that. They like set up like a really interesting villain and a really interesting like idea of how to integrate all of Goosebumps at the same time mm-hmm. and introduce all of the villains and stuff like that and like make it a really interesting movie uh, that I just was so surprised. Coming out. I don't even know why we saw. I think it was something where we were like, I guess we'll go see this. Yeah, there's nothing else to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And like we came out of that theater being like, man, this is so much more than mm-hmm. I ever expected of it. It's just fun. It's just, it's just good, man. Yeah, it's if just, it, if it's, it's still just on, fun, if like, it's still on Netflix, I yeah, totally recommend to watch it. Watch, it's yeah. super great. Nice. Um, I guess one film I would recommend, uh, I hope yours is just completely different than Goosebumps. <laughs> I mean, I've, I have two, I have two on my mind, but I'm, I'm going to try to keep it to one. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, the secret of Kells. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, I, I still haven't seen that. that yeah, tell me about it. It's, excellent like yeah. i think it you know it doesn't it's a it's an irish company 
that have just started producing a lot of animations over the last few years. And Secret of Kells is just one of the most beautiful films I've ever seen. Like every frame is absolutely gorgeous, hand-drawn, filled to the brim with detail. Um, does a really good job of like telling the story with these like very Irish themes. So it feels very appropriate to like, it's interesting to have, you know, a film that is so in depth to its culture, right? Mm -hmm. We don't get a lot of cultural films these days. And so that Mm -hmm. was, especially by a culture that they are right. You know, exactly. And I think that like, uh, it's great. The characters are all great. The voice acting's awesome. Mm. Um, and it does a really good job of both being like adorable and interesting and thought provoking, but also like fun. And the Vikings are freaking terrifying. Like, <laughs> as they should be. There's just like, the Vikings are just like, they're they're not even like characterized as human in, in the movie. Oh, okay. They're just like these oh, like nice. they're kind like, of just like, just like these hulking, these hulking like yeah. black shadows with red eyes and horns. Like they're very like they're overemphasized in their they're you know cartoony, but they're yeah. just like whenever they show up and they're just like they're speaking in like not I don't even think it's Norwegian that they're speaking in, but it's, it's just like this like gruffle like yeah. terrifying sound yeah. and it's amazing. And like the mythological creatures are great. The music is amazing. The only thing that I would say is that, you know, I think that people going in it expect their animation films to be slapstick funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this one's a little bit more clever. Um, its humor is much more in the characters than it is in, like, jokes. Um, and I would also say that the animation style might be different enough for folks that they would take a moment to, like, adjust to what they're seeing. I think people are so interested in, like, no 3D, like, 3D animation at this point that the 2D animation and how they play with perspective might feel odd. Yeah, it's definitely like, it's like another step past like Ghibli movies, I would say. Yeah. As far as like, you know, in a lot of the Ghibli movies, you get like a lot of like suggestions of like shapes and like it doesn't necessarily use exact locations, but you'll have like weird kind of like ethereal locations. And that's a lot of what these this company does for it. So it's like another step further where it's even kind of more abstract, mm-hmm. um, which is super interesting. Have you seen their second movie song of the sea? Song of the sea is great. <laughs> that movie's so good. The music in that one is incredible and just visual, but like their visual style is awesome. But yes, yeah. if you, Kells is if great. you like studio Ghibli, I think you would really like secret of Kells or even song of the sea. Like yep. it, it's that same sort of like, I would say if you, if you want to watch both of them, watch secret of the Kells first. Cause I think song of the sea is one of those ones where it does it a little bit better and it's kind of hard to go back yeah mm. but both of them are awesome check them out uh my film is probably a film that most people um they might not be able to really find it it's a japanese film called uh kikujiro it's a uh, directed by the film uh by the director uh, takeshi kitano who you may know as the creator of uh, takeshi's castle in america we know as the most eliminated extreme challenge which uh, which, which is funny because he, he's a really really interesting guy because he's a comedian that turned into a real serious director and this film I picked out is actually way different than his other films because he mainly does like really violent uh, gangster films. Is this live action? It's a live action okay. film. Um, but the film is closest thing to me to a live action Ghibli film. Okay. Because uh, the whole film is a road trip film about a boy that's looking for his mom to abandon him. And uh, he's being escorted by his drunk gambling neighbor just because he's got nothing else to do. Hmm. And so the whole film is like, it's like a, a real world like Wizard of Oz because they're just trying to get to this location 
while the while the while the neighbor is just like, kind of like ruining things for them by like spending all their money or like getting drunk at inappropriate times. Uh, but they just meet these like wonderful cast of characters on the road that help them even come back like at certain points of the story, just like like and just like 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 really whimsical. Um, the best way I can describe it is imagine the scene in Spirited Away when uh, the girl is walking with no face uh, to the the train tracks. Mm-hmm. It's completely, almost completely silent. Just the music playing and it's just them traveling. That's what the movie is. Okay, and uh, it, it's so it's just a really relaxing film to watch. It can kind of tug at your heartstrings like really unexpectedly. <laughs> it's funny because I want to say this is a family film, but there are some moments that get either really dark or really strangely inappropriately dark. <laughs> like there's a, there's in the first thirty minutes of the film, there's a scene that involves a pedophile. That the that the neighbor has to protect the boy from, but oh. it turns into a joke, <laughs> which is like I don't know how most people would take that, but I thought it was hilarious in hindsight. Yeah, <laughs> right. Once yeah. you know the safety or whatever. Yeah. Kind of thing, like, <laughs> at first, <laughs> at first like, I was like, oh no, this is gonna get dark. I think I don't think I should watch this, but no, it, it actually gets yeah. pretty funny in hindsight. But like, I th- if you really want something to watch, something that's really quiet, uh, really laid back, slice of life, watch Kikujiro. Uh, I th- really think most people would enjoy it. So that's this week. Yeah, that's the meat and potatoes of the week. That'll be interesting. Thanks for listening, folks. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye. So we're going to be starting a new segment um, going forward where we talk about story-based video games, mostly Telltale stuff, but there's a lot of other studios doing them. We're going to be starting next week, so if you guys want to play along, we're going to be starting the first chapter of Tales from the Borderlands by Telltale. Um, It's out on previous-gen consoles as well as PC. I don't think there's a PS4 or Xbox One version, Um, so if you want to play it, you can even play it on iPad. Um, so there's a lot of ways you can get it. We're going to be starting next week. We're going to play episode one and then we're going to talk about it. And then each successive week after that, we're going to be talking about the next episode. So if you want to play along with us, that is what we'll be starting. 